breakout player for 2021 was Deontay Johnson, and I served that up for you in an entire episode yesterday. Today I'm going to go with the defensive breakout player, and it will not be who it should be. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The Steelers yesterday signed Melvin Ingram, and this is a good thing. This is the third edge rusher that Keith Butler was practically clamoring for in public as only he could. Like, you can picture Mike Tomlin saying to his coordinator, Hey, Keith, I know you only talk to the media like, you know, once or twice every offseason, but could you please just not beg for a third edge rusher when you do it? This was at OTAs about a month ago, and Butler couldn't make it 10 minutes into it without saying, we're looking for another one. We're looking for another one. And then going on to say something obligatory and nice about Cassius Marsh and whoever else they had in the mix. Look, everybody knew they needed depth behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You can say whatever you want about Quincy Roche and his potential, and I'm not dumping on that. Uh, I agree that I think he has an exciting future in the NFL. Marsh obviously has his own background, but... They needed somebody. They needed somebody to make an impact. I've made the case here on this show repeatedly that this was the greatest off-season priority once a lot of the big stuff had been swept out of the way, notably the draft. Needed to have this guy. And Ingram is going to be a player, I think, who, if he's healthy, can really help the Steelers. Uh, If you go back to his 2019 uh, with the Chargers, he had seven sacks. He was still a a disruptive force, even when he wasn't getting a sack or a hit or a pressure. He was still able to do different things, including, I might add, uh, line up on the inside. Uh, They moved him around a lot. There's some... Cause for concern. He's 32 years old. Um, His 2020 was really pretty much wrecked in L.A. by a knee injury that cost him nine games and eventually had him wind up on IR. And he had no sacks in 219 pass rushing snaps. So how much of that was the knee or whatever? I'd like to trust that the Steelers medical people checked him out pretty thoroughly before signing him to a contract. And by the way, the contract is one year for $4 million, so it's not some great commitment on the Steelers' part. It does eat into what little cap room is left. But, again, this was the top remaining off-season priority. I happen to feel that this signing will also segue very, very nicely into my breakout player, which I'll share with you right after this very brief message from our title sponsor. 
At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Before I get to naming my breakout defensive player for the Steelers in 2021, I feel like it's important to relay who it should be. And that's Devin Bush. I feel like it should be Devin Bush because if you go by the Mike Tomlin year two stuff that I was describing on yesterday's show, he loves to push that concept. You come in for a year, you learn your way around the NFL, how things are done, you get into NFL-level conditioning, nutrition, and all that other stuff, and then you're supposed to bust through once you're done being a rookie. Bush was off to a, a pretty good start. Obviously didn't get much time in 2020 before going down. But I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's because of the injury. Maybe it's because uh, of watching Devin White play the way he did for Tampa Bay in the playoffs and into the Super Bowl and remembering that White and Bush were supposed to be neck and neck in that draft class, same position and all that other stuff. There's parts of me that are worrying about what Bush's future might be in the NFL. When you have a team trade up to get you in the top 10, you had better be special and nothing less than that. Bush certainly had his moments as a rookie, didn't have a chance in his second year. And let's see, I, I again, it's optimal. If he does this and he breaks out and proves me wrong, great. In the meantime... My breakout guy, the one I feel way more comfortable forecasting, is Alex Highsmith. I get the sense that the Steelers nation as a whole is immensely underestimating this kid. He's not Bud Dupree. I've said that, and I'm not going to back away from it. Bud was and is and will continue to be for a while a physical freak in the NFL. He does things physically, as TJ himself once told me, he said, he does stuff out there I can't do. He just throws people around like rag dolls. TJ is more of the technician. He's got the moves. He's got the different approaches that he takes. Bud was just I'm just going to flick you away like a CGI Incredible Hulk and get to your quarterback however it is that I please. Highsmith is more in the technician mold himself, although he is also very strong, very quick, and a great student of the game. And he's got a motor, and he's got a drive about him. That reminds me, to be honest with you, a little bit. I'm not going to compare him to TJ overall. TJ's a, a DPOY candidate. 
year in and year out. But strictly from that standpoint, the seriousness with which he approaches his craft, the lack of entitlement with which he approaches his craft, also a little similar to TJ. Remember that TJ was late in moving to the position that he now plays when he was at Wisconsin, so he wasn't as known coming out of college. Heck, if he was, he wouldn't have lasted until where the Steelers picked late in the first round. Highsmith comes from the University of Charlotte, which nobody even knows has a football program. I say that, you know, with no malice. It just happens to be true. He had to make his own name. He had to impress people his own way. He had to do it in combines. He had to do it whenever he'd line up against a vastly inferior overall opponent, meaning the team, and make an impression. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy who has worked his way up the hard way. And I think it's to his credit that when Bud went down, he was still a good performer for the Steelers on that side of the line of scrimmage, just basically being flung out there as a rookie. Don't forget the beautiful interception that he made. Don't forget all the times he did get back to the quarterback. Yeah, everyone remembers the one touchdown run that happened when he bit in the wrong direction. But run defense for an edge rusher is one of the last things to come because once you get to the NFL, it's no longer optional. In college, they don't really care if you do it or not. They just they just want you to eat the quarterback alive. And whatever else happens to occur along the way is a bonus. Highsmith will get there. He will seal the edge on the run. He will penetrate the line in his own way to get to the quarterback. He will help balance out the attention that the offensive line is able to pay to TJ at the opposite bookend. Alex Highsmith, not Devin Bush, is my breakout player for 2021. When we come back, just one question. for workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they are going to do. That's their thing. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. This law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Question comes from Robert who asks, what are the odds Steven Nelson comes back for secondary help? Oh, Robert, I suppose that'd be a logical thing to think about after the Ingram signing yesterday because what then becomes the next priority on Kevin Colbert's list? I'm sure that the 
first response that Colbert would have if we were asking him this question right now is, where do you want me to get this cap money, Robert? Because it doesn't exist. The Steelers were already in the range of about, I want to say it was 11 or 12 million before this signing of Ingram. Now, obviously, they're down to seven or eight. And I'll keep reminding that Colbert has to spend roughly $2 million on the practice squad once that's put together. And he prefers to enter every season with five in free space. That allows him to make moves as needed, meaning if someone gets hurt. So really, he doesn't have any money left. Now, you could still go to a couple of players in particular and see if they'll restructure. Stefan Tuitt is somebody we've talked about uh, for a while now in that sense. Chris Boswell is another one. You could only get about a million off of Boswell, but you could probably get a few more off of Tuitt. And if you can pull that off, you can add to your depth at corner or you go get yourself a starting corner. But Nelson's a different case. And I know everybody wants Nelson back, or I presume everybody wants Nelson back, and I get why. He and Hayden made for a pretty nice tandem at corner, and they allowed Minka in particular to roam free because Minka didn't have to drop back in any kind of double coverage support because these guys were trusted to handle island-level coverage, and they did. And they did. Both of them did. I thought Nelson's performance took a little bit of a dip in 2020 compared to the previous year, but he was still okay. And sure, he'd solve a lot of problems. But, but, maybe you and I can get past Nelson and that tweet about being a hostage when the Steelers were actually bending over backward to try to accommodate him on the way out of Pittsburgh. They had asked him to take a pay cut or to do some restructuring. He came back with, no, I actually want a raise. And while that in and of itself wasn't a problem, that's just whatever negotiating, uh, the issue came when the Steelers said, all right, look, we're just going to try to uh, work something out here. And they let his agent, they gave the agent permission to contact other teams to see if they could work out some kind of exchange. It was a courtesy on the Steelers' part. When nothing happened, after about a week, Nelson went public and declared himself a hostage. That's not a word that Mike Tomlin cares to hear from his players, nor is it a sentiment he cares to feel. You'll remember that when Le'Veon Bell didn't show up, and Le'Veon Bell was getting all indignant about his contract. It was Tomlin who said, we want volunteers here, not hostages. Volunteers, not hostages. And then for Nelson to use that word, I don't know that that can be repaired. I don't, because of the way the Steelers reacted. The tweet was up 45 minutes later, probably only as fast as it took the NFL to process the paperwork. Nelson was released and unconditionally so. Now, could 
somebody contact somebody else and say, hey, let's all sit down and talk about this. Now that Nelson would have to return with his tail between his legs, I guess, but I'll say it again. Where's the money coming from? You know? Is Nelson going to take like three or four million after he was at eight? I doubt it. I doubt it. So I, I wouldn't be looking at Nelson in this regard. I think you could see the Steelers try to uh, still pursue Malik Hooker. Yes, Hooker's a safety, but there are different things you can do in a secondary with a third safety. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that sort of thing. And then from there, you hope that James Pierre just keeps growing. Maybe that Justin Lane bounces back from Pierre having overtaken him on the depth chart. Um, and and kind of cross your fingers there. But this is the next priority. This is it, right outside cornerback. Whether or not they can solve it internally, I guess we'll find out. I appreciate the question, Robert. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow, just one day away from actual training camp. (laughs) 